Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Alan Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Office 365 focused IT security professionals. Each episode, we talk about a specific topic in this space. This week, it's episode 18 of season two. We're going to talk about Microsoft Defender for IoT, a suite of security tooling aimed at securing and managing your IoT assets. Hey, Alan, uh, how are you doing? Hey, Sam, I'm not doing too bad. How are you? How are we like on episode 18, you know, doubling uh, our last uh, season? I, I, I know. And we're, we're, we're rapidly coming towards the end of this season. And if uh, anyone that's listening, hopefully, um, we are going to go up to episode 20 of this season. And then we're going to sort of after episode 20, we are going to have a recap episode, aren't we, to sort of uh, finish out sort of a season finale, if that makes sense. Um, and then we're going to have a little bit of break over the holiday season. And then we're going to come back um, hopefully early in the new year. Actually, no, we will. I'm not going to say hopefully. Um, early in the new year, we're going to come back and we're going to um, smash out season three. Um, we're not 100% sure. We're currently debating how long season three should be. <laughs> um, but we're still going to target our weekly cadence of an episode each week. We've got tons of content, haven't we, that we still want to go through and talk about and, and things like that. So, yeah, there's plenty in the pipeline uh, for sure. You, you're looking forward to it, Alan. I think it's it's quite exciting at this point. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. Okay, um, so yeah, so we're going to talk around uh, Defender for IoT. Um, I'm going to be sort of taking the reins in terms of um, uh, questions uh, from Alan to me. Um, I've sort of been living in the Defender for IoT world for probably the last, oh, and you to, to some degree as well, I suppose, Alan, uh, but probably for the last three months, something like that, maybe, um, Def Defender for IoT. Yeah, it's um, been about that, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's a relatively uh, new space uh, for Microsoft, and um, it's it's a it's attempting to um, to fill some some gaps, I think, in some people's um, organizations. But I'll take I'll take you th uh, us all through that, um, and hopefully, yeah, we should have a good one. Okay, so let's let's get started. So, really, we need to start with the basics. And so, what is IoT, what's it stand for, and what, what type of devices are out there? Okay, so IoT, or Internet of Things, um, is effectively uh, a, a different, a, a, an emerged um, class of devices, I would say, right? So traditionally, you would have, um, it, let's, let's talk about in your business for the moment, right? And we'll, because we'll, IoT is, we'll, we'll expand it out, but in your business, you will have things like um, servers, um, machines or what we would class as endpoints, you know, like the laptops and the desktops that maybe your users are using. And then you would have other devices like printers, CCTV systems, um, your audio and video conferencing uh, tooling, uh, many maybe smart thermostats in your buildings and, and many different everything in between, basically. And we call those things <laughs> IoT, um, Internet of Things. Um, now, some 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 devices are classified down further than that, um, which we call OT or operational technology um, devices. So, if you imagine if you ran a a factory or a manufacturing plant, you may have things on. Let's say you've got an assembly line, and let's say you have to monitor the humidity on that 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 um, that assembly line. 
you might have a sensor or many different sensors or even thousands of sensors on on those in in those plants monitor you know monitoring environment the environment um you know running your your belt system your packaging systems you know and and anything you can kind of think of that controls or monitors an environment um can be um network connected um and and feedback that data to to a central source um ot devices are generally very very i'll, I'll call them dumb um in there that they're, they're not they, they serve usually serve one or, or one function um they have very limited usually they have very limited hardware um capability um so like a temperature sensor for instance might report back you know the temperature changes every 30 seconds or 15 seconds you know very very low power device uh, just emitting its signals and its intelligence back so what you really get is you get if you imagine like a temperature sensor um as like an ot device really like a really basic all it does is you know um uh record like the current temperature and then you have something like a printer which is like i would say a smarter iot device right you know it 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 does more functions it's got more processing power it maybe runs some embedded like linux operating system or or something like that to manage it right so you have these different classes um and different types of iot devices you also have things like kiosk devices um atms um yeah like uh like i've said like kiosk device like retail kiosk devices things like that they might be higher powered machines so they might be like um say an android box or a linux box running you know some sort of custom um operating system and um application to to actually run the the display that it's plugged into or something like that so these devices sometimes but well, a lot of times fall out of like the enterprise IT space, right? You know, they, they might be so low powered that they can't be properly endpoint managed and, and things like that. They might have their own like bespoke operating systems and different protocols that they they communicate. So what I'm trying to get at really is, is there's in the IoT world, it, you know, in enterprise IT, you can lock down the different devices that you have. Like you might say, all we buy is Dell laptops and we buy this one specific type of Dell laptops. We're Windows only. Uh, for our servers, we are Windows or we're Linux only, or we have a, a, a small, you know, a, a, a relatively small mix of different like, operating systems. But in the IT world, you have thousands of vendors with thousands of different types of um, products um, that are being, you know, leveraged for, you know, say maybe saving money. Like maybe you've got like a, a smart thermostat system that is saving your company, you know, money by having setback temperatures on your air conditioning and heating systems overnight to save money. Um, but those devices can pose a, a an issue for um, uh, IT and security teams to, to to manage, patch, and understand. Um, and 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 so, if if you imagine, um, you might have a printer that you bought five years ago that you're you you know you're you're extending the life out on because you don't want to have to buy like a new set of printers maybe they haven't been firmware patched for a long time you know um an adversary getting into your network could find um you know a critical vulnerability with with that device you know then use it to move laterally inside of your network 
right so 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 what what's um um so 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 that's that's kind of why um like iot devices can uh, be a be a source of issues for uh, businesses you also have the same thing you know maybe inside your home like your personal iot devices you might have a fridge that can order more milk from some <laughs> online um you know grocery store right you know and um they, they are effectively computers built into previously dumb um dumb devices i mean the the idea of a fridge isn't dumb right but it's its function is relatively simple you know um i have a door keep it closed and i keep your things cool you know uh, but now it's it's like integrating you know do you still have might have a camera system inside to detect like you know how full up your carton of milk is or and to to reorder on a specific frequency you know um these devices are becoming more and more cloud connected as well so these devices are talking to external systems they are effectively controlled by external entities as well so how do you how do you discover the assets that you have in your organization because that is a that is a challenge and then how do you um, sleep easy at night, knowing that you've got um, uh, everything up to date, you're configured correctly, and things like that. I, I, I might have butchered the the you know the the, the reasoning um, behind why we should care about IoT, but I think you probably get the the gist of what I'm uh, effectively saying. And the TLDR is is that these devices sort of fall out the side of traditional IT teams, you know, and and management of them. A lot of the times, these are managed manually, which is, I would say, a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. And if, for some examples of when IoT has been compromised, I think there was one that was, I think it was in a casino somewhere. I have no idea where it was, but I think the sent the temperature sensor for the the um, fish tank got compromised, and then they're able to take you know, lateral move from there into the systems and do something i can't remember what it was i think that was something i heard about and we've also i've also had um uh i've heard things around this was like four or five six years ago when iot started to come out was that you had the the really cheap um cameras that you used to buy to do, you know, do some basic cctv at that point in your house and that because they you know default passes won't change things like that that they were compromised but no one really thought about those as being something to secure yeah, we've heard examples um, of, you know, organizations um, having IoT devices that they have no idea about, you know, like um, consumer faces, facing devices that you can buy from big online stores and local, you know, uh, technology stores being acquired by, you know, different uh, silos of the business being implemented um, and then them not having any oversight or, or knowledge around because a lot of these IoT devices especially consumer facing ones are really easy to get set up and, and moving. <laughs> right. So, so you also have like sort of a, an insider infiltration of IOT devices that you may not even know about. You know, we've had examples of people not knowing that there's like Xboxes and Playstations <laughs> plugged into to, to, to networks, you know? Um, and it's, it's kind of like, how do you, how do you keep track of that? You know, and, um, and how do you, and there are definitely, um, there are network level protections against that, but I'll talk about that in a bit more depth when we talk about Defend for IoT. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for that overview of IoT. Um, so 
Microsoft Defender for IoT, how does it help us with this? Okay, so um, Microsoft Defender for IoT is a, I, I call it, I, I, I use the, the wording a suite of tooling, right? Because it is not one thing. And that does sometimes add a bit of confusion to conversations, right? So Defender for IoT is a suite of different products that target different types of IoT device, okay? So in the, um, in the enterprise, we have um, Enterprise IoT, right? Which is effectively like a subsection of Defender for IoT. And I will go into depth on each of these sections. What it's really targeted about is IoT devices in in enterprise networks. You know, uh, as I as I mentioned, things like printers, um, uh, AV systems, and, um, and 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 different things like that, and also discovering those devices. You know, so one the first part about knowing what it is that you have to manage is that you have to discover it and understand it. You know, um, uh, IT teams may currently keep a Excel sheet of all of their IoT devices in their business, you know, um, and maybe they check it periodically to understand, you know, um, whether things need to be patched and, you know, uh, and, and discovering devices on the network. Um, so what Defender for IoT and kind of all of its, you know, um, implementations is a, the first part is visibility. So um, we will, we will uh, attempt to um, understand all of the devices that are on um, your networks, because we also understand that there are potentially multiple networks inside of your business. Um, the first area is discovery. So once we know what we've got, um, we can then start to try and infer information about that device. Maybe the firmware version that it's on, any security misconfigurations that it's got. Um, and a lot of these devices, you can't put an agent on them, right? So there are uh, solutions and techniques, which I'll talk about uh, uh, shortly, um, which is around like agentless scanning, you know, like um, understanding what these devices are without putting an agent actually on them, because some of these devices don't have enough like horsepower to basically run um, these uh, like an agent. So you've got enterprise IoT, and then you've got um, sort of, I would say in the middle, which is um, what they what they refer to as um um like more powerful more powerful um ot devices i would i would say so your things like your kiosks your atms things like that they are they live outside the enterprise network but they still do need to be managed and protected you know um your you know if you if you run a fast food chain and you've got a bunch of you know kiosk devices you know where people order food you know how they're not part of like your corporate enterprise network. So how do you make sure that they're patched and kept up to date? Because those machines, they could be Linux machines, like full blown, you know, x86, you know, uh, machines inside of there. Um, so we have for that, we have a um, a micro agent, like a Linux micro agent that can be can be integrated there. So anything that's got enough power that can run Linux, there is a micro agent to, 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 to handle that that device as well. So that's sort of middle of the road devices, you know, where they're like real computers, but they're actually IoT devices um, that we're trying to 
but they're they're not they're sort of out in the wild I'm, I'm going to call them like out of your you know your corporate sort of enterprise network and then the full end of the extreme is um defender for iot but for ot so um so uh, the ot uh, again i'll go through ot in depth but um microsoft is is effectively um got a different set of tools and collection mechanisms specifically bespoke to ot devices ot networks are I'm going to say weird. They're not weird. Well, from uh, something that comes from like enterprise <laughs> I, uh, IT, um, uh, OT networks are very different than traditional networks. And I'll talk about them when we talk about OT. Um, so, so Microsoft has uh, made a recent acquisition and got tooling around um, understanding those, those, types of, those types of networks. So really what all of the different types of Defender for IoT like offering are effectively trying to do is they're trying to uh, identify the devices on the network, um, understand misconfiguration of those devices, understand threats and devices acting in an anomalous fashion, um, and then also connecting all of those um, oh, uh, TVM, th- uh, threat vulnerability management, so making sure things are patched and, and up to date. That's important. And also um, understanding authorized and non-authorized devices, I think is a big important one. You know, like um, you've got a network that only your CCTV camera system is on and weirdly you see a Raspberry Pi hit that network. That could be, there's, there might be something wrong with that, right? It might be completely harmless. Somebody might have just, you know, um, been doing some testing or whatever, but it could also be, it could also mean that there's been a, uh, a machine added to that network in an unauthorized way. So there's there's things around that, and I'll I'll talk, I'll talk to that in, in a little bit of depth. Um, so you've got all of those areas that we're we're trying to 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 observe and to um, to understand. Um, but I do just want to hammer home the point because lots of people get very confused, including me, about this. Is that Defender for IoT is a suite of products, many different. Uh, different products for different types of networks, you know, and different types of devices as well. So um, that's why I'm going to break them down and really why you should say like Defender for IoT brackets Enterprise IoT, Defender for IoT brackets OT and, you know, Defender for IoT brackets, you know, uh, MicroAgent, you know, because they are, that they, they, they have to be three different types of product to, to, to meet the, to, to meet you know the desired outcomes basically yeah we've definitely had some uh issues not issues but fun trying to explain the the the, the three types haven't we so yep. yeah definitely yeah, and so, um we're not, we're not gonna be in critical of microsoft but it does also come up when you know we're interacting with microsoft and other people are interacting with microsoft right you know i think it is a complex it's definitely a complex area so i'm definitely not being critical of you know their um their documentation and their marketing material on it um but it does take because of the nature of the environment it's it takes time for people to understand those different types especially if you've got no real exposure to iot and ot uh, basically yeah definitely okay so you mentioned mentioned enterprise iot you know what do we need to be concerned about and how does Defender IoT sort of is helping us? You know, you kind of mentioned a few things, but um, 
let's go into a bit more detail. Okay. So from an enterprise IoT perspective, Defender for IoT is very closely connected to Defender for Endpoint. So I think let's let's talk about Defender for Endpoint and uh, first, I think. So um, you've onboarded Defender for Endpoint. You are licensed for, it's P2, is it, Alan? I think it's P2. Yeah, Plan 2, yeah. yeah. You're licensed for Plan 2. Let's say this is the state and you know where you are with your organization. Um, as part of Defender for Endpoint, you can um, you can pass or e- even with the endpoints, you can passively and actively scan the network to discover devices. Okay, so your Defender for Endpoint um, uh, devices will listen for new devices entering the network and then over time relatively slowly i will add because this is not in network um, intrusion detection they will actively scan devices that they see on the on the network now you do have to opt in for these things but the functionality is there right to discover these devices and and it will pick up iot devices um it'll also pick up it will pick up network devices, but there's another thing about network scanning that I won't go into now because it's technically not Defender for IoT. Um, but uh, Defender for Endpoint will discover other Linux, well, other machines, Windows, Lac- uh, Windows, Mac, and Linux, different IoT devices that are that are on your network. So what we're talking about there is discovery, right? Whereas maybe before traditionally in um the defender for endpoint portal you would see just your enterprise devices just your devices that were enrolled yeah into there um but now you're sort of getting a consolidated view of those devices and other devices that you've um you've observed on your network that is also a little bit confusing because the the what those screens are used for is now changing, right? You know, because that list can now have, I'll call them unauthorized devices um, being added to them. Whereas before it was just like, these are the machines that I definitely knew about and I cared about, you know, my desk, you know, my endpoints and, and my servers. You managed, yeah, you managed them. Your managed devices. Yeah, great. Thank you, Alan. Um, so yeah, your, your managed devices. Uh, but now you've got your unmanaged devices in there as well. Um, you can filter what networks scanned and it won't scan people's home networks and, and things like that so there are some protections in, in place there so the discovery element can that, that basic element can be covered by just defender for endpoint plan 2 what defender for iot then does so what you do is you activate a license um you'd actually do it in the endpoint side which is a little bit confusing again it's not in the defender for iot side um you you enable a license inside of there and then what you'll get is you'll get a risk score for that um a a risk score and a tvm score for that device um and what what that's effectively doing is if the device is acting strangely and it's causing defender for endpoint to have alerts from other managed endpoints managed devices 
um, your risk level will start to increase. And then your TVM score will change if you're, if um, the the scanning has detected um, like older versions of, um, you know, maybe your firmware or your operating system. If it's if it's able to actually um, find that information, because all we are doing is we are actively probing that device from what we can get back. Like, what can we get back from NetBIOS? What can we get back from how it's talking over the network if we can see that broadcast traffic you know and, and things like that so that's lovely if you're on a network that has um and uh, managed devices that have endpoint on them defend for endpoint on them on networks that don't have um any devices like roam to them let's say you've got a cctv network there are no managed endpoints managed devices on those networks. So what do you do in that scenario? Because you can't observe what you know goes on to that network. So what uh, Microsoft have is they have an enterprise IoT sensor, currently in preview as the time that we're talking about uh, talking uh, now. Uh, but what that will do is that is a uh, an Ubuntu package, that one, isn't it? It's, yeah, the package that you install onto Ubuntu, an Ubuntu server. And what you do is you um, connect it to a span port of a uh, switch and it will effectively look at all the traffic that's running on that that network and um, passively scan for devices, how they're talking, their, their firmware and things like that. Um, we've been advised that you shouldn't double up. Uh, there's no sense in doubling up those um, those 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 two different methods, you know, like scanning from your managed devices and that um, enterprise IoT sensor. Um, there is a bit of an overlap when you have like uh, a network where, you know, um, managed devices sometimes roam to them where you have to have a bit of overlap. But generally it's, you know, um, no managed devices on a network use the networks, uh, the enterprise um, scanner versus um, using the endpoint or the managed devices to actually do the scanning. So what's what's really the benefit of knowing? Well, first is, first is discovery. You know the devices that are on uh, your network. And you also, hopefully, have some information about the metadata of that device, maybe who the manufacturer is, a description of the device. Uh, so like, let's say you see an Apple TV on your network. You'll see... Apple TV, and you might see what version of um, the you know what version of software that it's effectively running. What that's really powerful for is if you're um, so pause that just one second. Actually, let's talk about Sentinel. So these devices are effectively um, mixed in with your other device data that you have um, possibly flowing into Sentinel already. Um, so if, if, if you are, if you do utilize Sentinel, uh, you will get device information, uh, device info, device alerts, and things like that. You can flow those relatively trivially uh, into Sentinel um, already. These IoT devices are, in essence, very similar. 
Um, they they're in the same tables of data. Uh, they're just a different classification of device type. Then what's great is if an alert is um, if an alert is then raised in uh, Defender on Defender side or Sentinel side, when you're investigating that, you'll see enriched data about that device. So before, let's say somebody is taking control of a smart TV. They've sideloaded a you know a, a root level app into your smart TV. Then they start to port scan some of the machines that are on the network. And let's say uh, Defender for Endpoint then kicks in and goes, hey, this is weird. I'm getting port scanned constantly by this, you know, I, this, this device. Previously, you would, ju- you would just have an IP address, you know, and, and very basic information. But now, because you've actually got enriched information, you can say, hey, why is my printer port scanning like the CEO's laptop? That's a bit weird, isn't it? Right. You know, and that's very trivial and basic example just for this explanation. But you can see how that would if you're responding to that incident, it's going to give you a lot more information and context around what is what is going on there. So you can say, OK, I know that's the um, that that's the CEO's printer in, in the CEO's office. Um, OK, well, maybe. So then what can we actually do uh, about that, you know, in, in that scenario? what is really and one of i think one of the best um parts parts of it is you can effectively contain that device what containment does is it allows you to effectively send out firewall rules to all of your um managed devices to say i don't want you to talk to this device anymore completely block all communication with it so it's not done at the network level you don't have to talk to your network team or your infrastructure team to make that happen and to to, to kick that device off the network and, and do those different things. There is tooling around that, which is still very powerful and important. I completely accept that. But effectively, this allows uh, you as a managed device administrator, I'll, I'll call it, um, to, to decide whether those managed devices can actually communicate with an IoT device. And the block happens rapidly. Um, very, very, very um, quickly. It's about it? 15 seconds or something, isn't it? Yes, 15 seconds. If you've ever used isolation of <laughs> uh, MDE devices, or managed devices, MDE devices, that's the right way of saying it, isn't it, Alan? MDE yeah. devices. Mm-hmm. If you've ever used um, isolation, isolation is instant, isn't it? Right. It's if like you a second, device, if that, yeah, yeah. It's like a second. So it is a little <laughs> bit slower, but it's still 15 seconds. So if you're investigating that alert, you might say, okay, the, the printer's acting weird, right? It's port scanning the network. It might be worth me containing that device just so that at least my managed devices are protected, you know, in that in that instant. And like Alan mentioned, you get 15 second response to that. So that's that's from an incident perspective. And also you can you can do things like add in rules, which say um, if I observe new IoT devices on this network, then I want to be alerted and you can do some more. Uh, more bespoke you have to set them up um, but you can you know you could say on network b if i ever see a new device then instantly contain it when it when it joins like i i don't want that to talk to any of my managed devices or alert me every single time so that i can be uh, told about that so those those connections are in place i just briefly mentioned as well misconfigurations so if you've got say say you've got an unauthenticated telnet port on your printer that's an ex- 
that's the example that Microsoft used. So I'm just going to regurgitate it for this call. Um, got an open telnet port that's unauthenticated. Um, that will be scanned and it will be reported as a misconfiguration. Also TVM. So um, TVM can be sometimes limited because uh, effectively you're probing the device. You don't have an agent on the device. So you can't get full, not always full software inventory, but you, you do get some, some, some inventory and some operating system. Um, it's constantly evaluating that against its uh, TVM database um, to, to give you alerting in terms of what, um, what needs to be updated and, and things like that. So, 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 so just to, just to recap completely, um, sort of MDE focused, it, it's, a, it is a requirement. You have to be, you know, you have to have done your MDE uh, deployment and you need to be planned to as well to get full advantage, um, a full advantage of this plus the uplist of the defender for IOT, uh, license. And just to make you aware as well, because I haven't described it already, there is a Defender for IoT portal in Azure. Now, if you are if you are just doing enterprise IoT, you do not need to use that portal at all. Okay, this was a very confusing part of our understanding of the product. Is what portal should you look at? Should you look at the Defender portal, or should you look at the Defender for IoT portal? And if you're just doing enterprise IoT, pro tip, do not use the Defender for IoT portal, in my opinion. It is possible to use both, but you're going to get that holistic view and you're going to get all the niceties of the Defender for Endpoint, uh, the Defender portal, uh, basically. Sorry, a bit of a beast, um, but yeah, each one of these things is quite in-depth, yeah. each of these areas, if that makes sense. Yeah, just quickly to talk about the containing, you know, whilst we can contain a device, we can also you know, uncontain it. So it could be that fast response, like you were saying, Sam, contain it once you've seen it, just in case, then you can still talk to your network team to then start blocking on the network, but you've done that first bit. And then exactly. if it if you do manage to find it, because again, this could be in a in a remote office that you've got to go and call somebody to... Yeah, go and check it out yeah. and stuff like that, and go and check that team in another or another time zone. It could be anything at this point. So, yeah. rapid response yeah. to to stop Maj devices from being able to be, you know, um, well, being scanned or being potentially compromised by that device, but easily uncontained at the same time. So, yeah, it is, it is really good. Okay. Yeah, I completely agree. Yes. So, okay. So, on to the next thing, the microagent. Linux microagent, where what is it used for, and why? You know, why is it important? Okay, so if you've got, um, so I'll call them sort of middle of the the road sort of IoT devices. You know, um, machines that maybe are quite low powered, but they actually do run like a, a proper Linux operating system. Um, it might be tempting to put Defender Fair Endpoint on those devices, um, but some of them simply don't have the correct uh, resources there and the EDR sort of response may be limited in terms of certain configurations, right? And they might not even be supported, right? You know, because um, a Defender for Endpoint on Linux is really around desktops, right? You know, like, um, and, and that, that, that sort of a class of device and servers, obviously. Um, so... If we're talking about, say, a kiosk device, 
or something like that, um, or an embedded device. Uh, so like uh, Microsoft talks in depth around OEMs. So people building sort of um, integrated, they talk a lot about healthcare. Um, I believe a lot of those devices are like real computers uh, running operating systems and, and managing those is, is complex. Um, we're really talking around embedded machines um, that run, you know, um, you know, full-blown uh, Linux installations. But we might also be talking about smaller things. We might be talking about a, a Raspberry Pi Nano that's got very limited computing resources, and you might want to utilize that for your, your specific application. So the micro uh, agent has a tight integration with IoT Hub. So if you've got an IoT device that is um, reporting back to the back to IoT Hub, you will see any of their recommendations directly in the IoT Hub that you're you're connected to. Um, and yeah, specific IoT related recommendations and alerting, um, you know, uh, versus like a traditional endpoint. You can configure the microagent a lot more as well in terms of the resources, the logs that it collects, um, and also the uh, the frequency at which it um, it communicates back. Um, uh, like an IoT network technology like uh, that we've got in the UK is called Sigfox. Sigfox only allows you, I believe, to communicate back um, like once every minute. Um, so some IoT devices could be on, you know, um, uh, networks that only allow limited amounts of bandwidth or, you know, maybe only have signal at certain times of the day and, and things like that. So the microagent is is very configurable in terms of how it collects that information and sends it back to also balance network and also um, CPU uh, well, and, and resources. I haven't actually um, deployed the microagent yet um, because it's not really a place that a focus that we've currently got at the moment, you know, um, in terms of our learning. Um, but that's, that's it's definitely on the horizon uh, for me soon. Also, the microagent um, has a, uh, a CIS benchmark in terms of the configuration of the device. So you do get a level of like um, security baselining and hardening as well as uh, threat detection and, 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 and things like that. So for instance, I'll give you an example of some of the alerts that it can, that can throw is um, if somebody, say, clears the bash history um, on the device. You know, somebody's gone in and done something and then cleared their their their, their bash history. Um, things like that. Um, there, there's lots of different um, alerts that will that will come out the system, um, and they are doc really well documented. If you compare that against, say, um, the alerts that may might come out of Defender for Endpoint, um, you are getting you are getting sight of um, very specific IoT um, threats uh, and alerts coming out, which is which is really uh, powerful. So yeah, really configurable microagent that can be used on low power devices, uh, but again, needs a Linux um, operating system to function. Okay, great. So the the last section or last section of the three types of Defender for IoT, OT, what, how can it help in, in that bit? Okay, so OT, as I've explained before, are traditionally a lot lower resourced um, devices, you know, like switches, uh, temperature probes, monitors, actuators, PLCs, like um, they're doing one function and one function really well. Uh, usually in manufacturing industry, 
um, and, and, and those sorts of things. OT is quite an interesting type of network. I won't go into it in too much depth because there are there's quite a different few ways that things can be set up. But, but generally, um, these devices are so low powered that they can't actually use things like uh, TLS um, to encrypt traffic um, back to wh whatever they're talking to. So a lot of them will talk like completely unencrypted um, across across the network. A lot of things will broadcast um, the, the the data that they've they've got. So what you'll what you'll have is a very sort of uh, tr traditionally uh, like a, a bunch of devices that are are more susceptible to to um, to interruption and interference because the protocols that they they talk on are completely unencrypted and um, they're a lot more vulnerable in terms of their management because they don't have enough resources to actually manage them. They're, they're also, they, they speak so many different protocols, right? So you, you might buy a one set of probes and monitors from one vendor, and then you might buy a completely different set of tooling for another vendor, but they might work on the same assembly line or, or whatever. So I think it's, it's fair to say that the world of IoT is a bit of a wild west. I mean, IoT itself is a bit of a wild west, but OT is, you know, even more. Um, I would say. Um, so you have different types of devices, different vendors talking different protocols and talking in different ways. Then you have devices that have very low power and minimal ability to actually manage those devices. Microsoft recently acquired a, uh, a product called CyberX, uh, which which effectively is an appliance that you, um, you you provision inside of the organization. Very similar to the EIoT sensor, it connects to a span port. That is important because a lot of these OT networks are built and then they never want to be touched ever again. And the reason for that is, is because once you have your manufacturing process dialed, any downtime to that network or those devices effectively costs the company money. You know, you run a, you run an assembly line 24 seven, every hour that that's out is, you know, lost output that you're never going to get back. So instead of joining the device to the network, we use a span port to observe those, those networks. Now, what, now, this this appliance has to be different to the enterprise IoT sensor. The enterprise IoT sensor isn't, you know, um, attempting to understand what's being spoken on these protocols. It's just effectively looking for traffic um, from different devices and, and fingerprinting it. But the uh, OT sensor effectively is analyzing all of that traffic that's going through it to understand, to try and understand if any of those devices are talking in a an anomalous way. So the requirements for that sensor are a lot higher. You need a you know, for for if you've got a network where it has decent throughput or consistent throughput, you do need to have an appliance that is quite beefy in order to to run that. You can buy a pre-configured device from a partner um, that Microsoft has uh, aligned with. And there are people like um, Dell and um, other um, other vendors that are actually uh, producing like ruggedized devices that are up to spec to 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 run 
um, the sensor. So you'll connect the sensor and it will baseline your network for you. So to start off with, it will look at the traffic that's happening inside of your network and understand what's talking to what, what looks like normal data and protocols that are being spoken, and it will baseline your environment for you. You can also set like things like, do I know that this device is authorized, you know, and, and things like that. Um, and then once it's baselined, it will effectively monitor that network continuously for different threats that are being uh, found, new devices that are being added. Let's say your you know, temperature thermometer, uh, let's say your temperature probe is started acting weird and it's talking to a different device that it shouldn't talk to. Have you made a legitimate change, you know, in your inside your network? Or is that actually a, you know, a, some sort of threat actor, um, you know, changing, changing, you know, how your system, you know, maybe they're turning off the temperature sensors so that your air conditioning system doesn't work. And then, you know, uh, it turns off your fridges and your freezers. So, you know, they shut down or something like that, you know. OT OT networks are highly specific to the businesses that run them. So I think that's one big thing to say is they are completely alien types of networks that are built bespoke for a certain, you know, business um, requirement. But because of this and because of the harsh environments that the OT sensor can live in, um, you've got things like it's offline capable. So you can run a management console locally, have a numbers of different sensors firing back to that management console for instance like threat data tvm threat data and um, intelligence is actually sent down to the device for the processing itself so it's not like in um enterprise iot where you know a, a service in azure is a look at, looking for those those alerts um it's doing it on the box itself and then if you do have say a sentinel connection because you can cloud connect these uh, sensors. If you cloud connect these sensors, you essentially get a copy of, you know, the device inventory and the alerts that have come off those devices. Then if you do have a cloud connected sensor, uh, then you can push those alerts and that, that understanding um, into Sentinel um, to get, and um, Microsoft um, sort of explain it. If, if you're looking at XDR and really quick, in introduction to it, XDR is effectively um, extended detection and uh, response, I think is the acronym. And effectively, that's looking at all the different areas of your business in terms of um, threats and vulnerabilities and alerting into one singular place, which is effectively bringing everything into Sentinel. Um, Defender for IoT and OT especially is getting that uh, those alerts and that intelligence out of those OT networks in a safe way not to in, 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 in interrupt them and then f and then fire all of that intelligence into Sentinel for Sentinel to then alert and do incident management on. I think that's fair to say, isn't it, Alan? Is that a, a good sort of yep. primer for OT? Yeah. Um, and each of these technologies could be an episode in itself. So I am just sort of <laughs> giving you the high level uh, of it. So if you don't have any clients that are manufacturing or you don't work in a business that has manufacturing, OT is probably not going to be something that you need to, you know, you're going to need to cover. But certainly enterprise IoT and even maybe the Linux microagent might come into under your, you know, purview at, at any one time. Yeah. And just, just one quick thing about OT as well is that 
those environments rarely change. It's not like enterprise, you know, the enterprise IT space where you've got devices turning up and disappearing, things like that. OT tends to stay, this is what I've got. It will never change. So if I do see a new device on there, I should be concerned. The other exactly. thing we've we've yeah. seen is that um, o, uh, organizations with you know, with an OT environment have said, "Oh, we de- we've decommissioned this subset of systems or sensors," and yet you know the Defender for IT sensor detects it, and they're like, "Oh, it's still on. Why is it still on?" You know that sort of stuff. So yeah, exactly. there's things like that, and yeah, you know, as yeah. we've always said, discovery is is key to everything. So exactly yeah you can't you can't understand and manage something you haven't discovered or haven't got any you know and unfortunately there are businesses out there that don't have that level of visibility that they should do you know and this is where you know um compromises and threats start to appear in 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 systems that are outdated and unmanaged yeah okay so i'm sure the listeners will been waiting for this bit um how much did it cost sam (laughs) Okay, so, so as I mentioned, right, so Enterprise IoT, right, if you've currently got Defender for Endpoint Plan 2 and that rolled out, you can do the discovery part of, of it. But if you don't license Defender for IoT, you will not get things like TVM and a risk score, uh, you know, f- f- for that device. So in order to get that and that that element of it, it's $80. I'm going to just work in dollars because this is the numbers that I've got. $80 per month per 100 devices. And the license is a bit weird. You have to sort of self-declare how many how many devices you have. So you get a 30-day free trial. I think that's a good, um, good, good thing to mention as well. Up to 1,000 devices, 30-day free trial. So what you can do is you can discover your devices free of charge, work out how many you've got, and then license them appropriately. But the licensing is a bit weird because you declare how many batches of 100 devices that you've got. So it is a bit it is a bit weird, I would say. Um, so it's not like consumption. It's not like, you know, um, 80 cents per device, and it just bills you at the end of the month for how many devices it's seen that month. It's, it's, it's different to that. Um, and then if so if you've got a device that is connected to an IoT hub, say the Linux microagent, the costs are massively reduced because you're effectively paying your ingestion cost to IoT hub already. So your um, defender for IoT pricing is a lot lower. So for instance, um, per device is like one per month. And then for every 25,000 transactions, um, it's 20 cents. So that you pay that on top of your normal transaction costs, basically, to IoT Hub. So the licensing is done slightly different because it's running through IoT Hub at that point. It's just effectively like an extension of the IoT Hub cost on, on top, basically. Um, oh, sorry, I got that wrong. It's $85 per month per 100 devices for enterprise IoT. My apologies. I got that, that, that one wrong. And then if you would like Defender for IoT um, 
agentless monitoring, so like the OT side of things, and you're looking at $140 per month per 100 devices. You can pay for this side annually as well, but I don't think you get a discount, so I'm not really sure, except for, you know, ease of billing. I'm not sure why you do that. Um, I think the discrepancy between the $85 and the $140 is because you're already paying for on the defender endpoint side, you're already paying for defender endpoint, which is doing a lot of the heavy lifting and the work, you know, for the solution. So if you're just deploying, you know, the OT appliance and the, OT, you know, the OT appliance and sensor, then you're getting the full, you know, uh, functionality and solution that that's giving you um, and also being able to cloud connect um, your devices. Yeah. And I suppose with the OT side, it doesn't change that often. So that number, you know, you should be easily yep. be able to calculate that and it shouldn't chop and change too much. The problem with yep. enterprise IoT is you could have, you could roll out another hundred devices because you're, you know, having a new phone system or something or whatever it might be. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you're going to be able to just say, you know, we're a, we're an OT um, business with 500 devices. You just, you license your 500, you pay your money you know job done basically okay great so i think we're coming to the end now we are at 53 ish minutes yeah let's wrap this up people have got things to do yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay so a quick quick uh, reflection um review you know high level review of the features and stuff so iot is a complex landscape and there is lots of different of types of devices that we've talked about today um microsoft is covering mainly you know different types um, of IoT devices. So this is, you know, we've talked about enterprise IoT, that sort of middle bit of IoT, and then the OT side. Um, you know, the main, well, one of the, the big benefits straight out of the box is, you know, giving that visibility of all your assets within those different environments and identifying threats and alerts and feeding that into Sentinel, being able to, you know, see, see it, you know, those threats coming in because as we said, you know, generally an OT environment is never monitored because of its uh, yeah. old old age and um, it's never really patched and things like that, is it? Yeah. If it's not broken, don't yeah. fix it. Don't fix it. Well, uh, yeah. Or oh, don't touch uh, it. Yeah. I, should, don't I, update I agree it. why somebody would say that, but yeah, sometimes it's not the best thing you know. you know, from a security perspective. But yes, um, and I think the big thing here is, is, is the cloud-connected aspect of it, right? You are going to have customers that, can't do some of these things because of not wanting to cloud connect certain things. And, you know, especially in the OT side, there are ways around that. Um, but really you're, you're, can, you're getting visibility of the dev these devices and then you're flowing them all the way back up into Sentinel. And then Sentinel is your all seeing eye, so to speak of, you know, your logs and alerts inside your organization. You know, and it's going to beat that drum of XDR and you know uh, pushing, um, pushing data into one single pane. Cool, uh, Alan. Do you want to tease the uh, next episode? Yep. So based on our episode around uh, serverless um, app stuff that we did, infrastructure or serverless um, compute, um, we're going to look at uh, Power Platform as a low code, no code uh, environment. So talk about the Power Apps, the Power Automate, and uh, Power BI, um, and how okay. you know 
a, a, a simple but a, a, a citizen developer can build something uh, within, within Office 365 and even come out of that and be quite advanced, you know, build a quite an advanced uh, you know, application or, or solution. Yeah, uh, adding adding value to businesses without needing a full development team, you know, um, I think is a really powerful thing. So, yeah, it's going to be a great, great episode for sure. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do consider subscribing if you'd like to listen to more of this sort of content in the future. We have many topics that we'd like to cover and your listens and support is what will continue to fuel the podcast going forward. We also have the ability for you to give us feedback. Did you enjoy this episode? disagree with our thoughts or whether anything that we missed um, please use um, the form that is available in the show notes um, and we'd love to hear your your feedback well thanks very much alan and um, we'll speak to you all in the next one yep thanks for listening everyone speak to you soon bye